Good evening, or morning, or afternoon, whatever time it is you're listening. You are listening to the Reenactors Rumble, and this is episode 35, isn't it, Andy? It is indeed. It's sat on my screen, number 35. Can't believe we've got this far. No, 35. Almost as old as you. Or you. Uh, no, I'm, I'm below this. Come on, come on. Somewhere in the middle of us, that. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so we've, we've had a bit of a crazy week, haven't we? We've been busy, we've just been off air, just having a chat about how mm. much of a mad week or so that we've had, and um, and I guess that was the, the stimulus, the the inspiration for this episode, not necessarily being busy, but the, the reasons for for being busy there, um, and we're, I guess we're both very grateful just for this opportunity to chill out and sink, sink back into the world of reenacting and forget about the real world, right? Yeah, unfortunately I've finished my cup of tea. And I'm sure you're just halfway through your beer, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that shows all the listeners have come upstairs with a full pint and before we even start, we drank half of it, which means either I'm an alcoholic and drink very quickly or I've been chatting for a long time. Long time. Yeah. Well, we've got a lot to do uh, to get through tonight and yeah, you're right. We've based this based on things you've been doing and things I've been doing also externally. Mm-hmm. So combined, we've got this big thing happening. Yeah, so... I guess in essence, we're going to be talking about just brand marketing, but from a unit or a group perspective. Um, mm-hmm. And for anyone out there that isn't necessarily familiar with the marketing world, I think everybody thinks it's it's all billboards and um, you know TV commercials. It's not quite that way. You know, marketing stems a lot of different things in the commercial world, and both you and I, it's sort of heavy involvement in in, in that in that world, which. I guess has brought some benefits to us in the hobby for our group. And I guess what we're going to discuss mm. in the next sort of 45 minutes to an hour is the different types of marketing available for your group and the benefits of doing it. Should you do it? How to go about it? And if it all really matters, you know, cause at the end of the day, we are just dressing up and trying to, trying to get the generic, the general public to learn and to be educated and to remember, um, you know, the sacrifice paid by so many. So at the end of the day, does it all matter or is it just a vanity project is, is what we're going to be discussing. So I guess that that's a good starting point. So mm. do you need marketing, Andy, it, or is it just vanity? What is it? You know what? Ask the question what marketing is and mm. your answer will slowly but inevitably start to pick its little head out. The end of the, at the end of the, at the end of the nice little <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> You're going to get me in lecture lecture mode. I'm going oh, to okay. t- talk a lot of obscenity. The no with marketing, you've got to think the bigger picture. Yes, we are in this hobby. We enjoy it fully, and we immerse ourselves. But ultimately, we want a new generation, a younger generation, to come through the ranks and learn about what it is to be a reenactor. Because you know, it, there's a skill to it. And the initial marketing, if you think about the Generation X or whatever we're on now. Let's count up. Yeah. <laughs> Who's what? This generation. Boomers, Xs, Zs, it just oh, merges into one. It might be Zed. Well, you've got a question. How are, we are they? X? Am I X? Your X. I, I'm I think, X. I think it's Zed now. What are you? It's, Why? I think I'm actually X, to be fair. Old, you're old, anyway. It's 70, 75 <laughs> to 80, 1992, I think, and then onwards. Right. So right. generally, the, the populace, these kids who are coming through, how do they get their information? Okay. You're right. You're right. Because let's go back 15 years, and I've just said to you in a conversation there, we used to go onto a website called Posse's Forum. doesn't exist anymore. But every time you'd scroll down the list – on everyone's banner, on everyone's identity, they'd have a little banner and it'd be like normally 44 in some crappy little script or whatever mm-hmm. and some German, whatever, you know. And that's how you got to know about, oh, there's that banner. I know him or he belongs to this group or this Das Reich or the other ones, you know. And now we've moved on. We've moved on from mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It's much, much more. Yeah, I think, you know, I guess we we started with the intention of this discussion being about the marketing of your group or your unit um, to enhance the reputation, the following, the awareness of that group. But actually, I think you've just made a really good point, potentially inadvertently there, Andy, is that marketing is such not only creates influence for your group and for you guys as individuals within your group, but actually for the, for the hobby in itself. And as people that want to grow the hobby – by a, a byproduct of trying to increase the the popularity of the awareness of our group, we're actually doing that with mm. the hobby as well. And as you mentioned, 
the younger generation who are unaware of reenacting probably want it to look all like a you know that they've grown up with Saving Private Ryan, they've grown up with Band of Brothers, they've grown up with this incredible production value visuals that you know you look at the Battle of the Bulge that was filmed in so the sixties it was filmed the fifties is. Um, chaffy tanks as German tanks and you know all sorts of daft crazy shite CGI and you compare that to modern day films so so people these days the the, the youth the young'uns as we'll call it see this they see these awesome games and they they need to think that reenacting is is similar to that really and I guess by the nature of those marketing techniques be that photography videography um, website design merchandise whatever it might be that you know it it, it tickles their you know excitement you know what i mean it, it gets them thrilled and thinking what is this as opposed to just like you know a, a random post saying we we're very accurate and we like polishing our boots you know it's about making it look exciting put it this way right you, you know f- film trailers right you know you spend 200 million dollars on a film mm-hmm. and you'll create a three minute clip to sell that and that's what it's about right it's it's about creating snapshots of the best bits of the hobby that's essentially what we're sort of doing really on a day-to-day marketing mm-hmm. basis, right? Yeah, yeah. I think um, certainly going back to what we were just talking about, movies, I've been watching some old 80s movies with my kids and they go, oh, that's terrible CGI or oh, this is really boring. And you know what? As a kid, that film was magical to me. Mm-hmm. To yeah, their yeah. generation, a 10-year-old, uh, eight-year-old, it's something different because they've, they've been subjected with amazing CGI mm-hmm. and I guess fast-paced storylines as well. Um, I could go and digress and talk about Ren and Stimping, <coughs> fast-paced storylines. Yeah, remember your and, audience, remember your audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and all the rest of it, because it's about that stimulus. But if we go back to like the young kids now, how many of them are really going to sit down and watch, you know, Battle of Britain, Battle of the Bulge, you know, Battleground, whatever it is, old movies? It's, it's pretty not, it's not really going to happen because they're, they're going to have to go searching on Netflix or whatever channels they're on. And not go onto Daddy's shelf and go, oh look at that DVD clip. I'll get one of his other DVDs out. <laughs> you know, it's just not there. So that's why I guess the popularity around Band of Brothers is what it is because it is accessible, but also it's it's relatively the only or one of the biggest things that came in the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are talking about this generation and where they're going to get the information and how they're yeah. going to get the information. Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, think. I, you're starting at, start, if we were to to, to educate mm. to help people groups out there as well I think we should probably run through I guess what some of those basic techniques are because there's probably some people listening out there thinking well what is what is marketing and and, and what what is included within marketing and, and and why should I do it and how should I do it and I think that's going to be really good to offer people that I mean on a selfish nature we probably shouldn't do this because I do think that we are you know, and again, I don't mean this in any sort of arrogant or narcissistic sense, but in a in a confident sense, we generally have always been one of, and I don't I don't mean the only, but one of the living history groups out there that are sometimes the first to experiment in new mediums of marketing to you know to to keep the hobby moving forward. I think the podcast is a good example of that. But outside of that, you know, the different areas of marketing your group to get your name out there, to find recruits, to just promote your group in itself um social media is i think as we touched on is, is the first big one right instagram facebook yeah. twitter maybe but given given twitter's volatile political nature probably not the best area mm. to do so it's not the demograph platform for this no the- no I, I wouldn't say so and obviously from a visual point of view which which the hobby is right you know instagram and facebook are there and that's not just having your own i mean for a start th- that means generally having your own profile on instagram and, and mm-hmm. facebook um it used to be groups it's it's now sort of fan pages um but what we should also remember as well is that it's not just about having your own facebook page it's about actively promoting your group in other groups as well i would say you know we we regularly interact in groups such as the bridges to arnhem uh there's a kosb group that we're part of there is um just various other groups which occasionally it's it's i think it's quite prudent just to share some content or something quite relative yeah. which might be interesting to the audience in those groups uh, and share it within those groups as well it doesn't just have to be you know because you, you can create a, i mean there'll be a lot of people out there right now who say they've created a facebook page and they'll be wondering why have i only got five likes why has no one looked at it 
you know, and it's about, it's, it's two way. Nobody will just come and find you if they don't know who you are. You've got to get out there. And that, and that's what this episode is all about is about getting your group name out there and, and attracting followers and, and, and why that's important. I mean, we can go into this later because I think it's a kind of a chat for later on, but how does that happen? You know, the, there are tricks and whatnot. We've obviously got this as a platform. We've also have got the Instagram and the Facebook. Now with the Facebook, it's not as successful as the Instagram. When the podcasts that we create, we put them out there. I am cautious and anxious to work and how I do that because you don't want to step on toes. You don't want to piss people off because what you're doing is you're soliciting. You are literally check this out, you know, for a gain, but also you're trying to inform people and it's how you actually yeah. market that. What are you giving me this for? What's the real purpose? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to promote you? Well, yes, but also I'm promoting what we're trying to say, the message. Yeah. We've, it's... we've had a couple of things come back on that. Well, actually one thing, someone wouldn't let me post it on the right. 1940s forum because they thought it was soliciting information, you know, just throwing uh, something we're trying to do out there. And my response to the individual, the administration was, it's actually it's in- <laughs> <laughs> information. It's information. It's just literally about, 40s that's what we're doing not we're reenactors that's what we do yeah i mean this is a non non profit thing which is for the entertainment of if people out there but you know i i think we've got a slightly different view to a certain extent as well you know you mentioned sort of soliciting and whatnot and going out there but i think because i'm from a a fashion photography and marketing selling background something i do day to day you know, I've got an, almost a success rate of marketing, and I so I almost understand that for every one thousand people you might put something in front of, you might only get, you know, and then this comes to me. I, I work in e-commerce, and I get things back about conversion rates, right? So, I mean, to, to give you a good example, without going too far off, um, the average e-commerce conversion rate on any fashion website, for example, is one point five percent, which basically means that for every um, 100 people that visit your website, only one and a half people will make a purchase. Um, so, you know, and that that's a general conversion rate, I guess, for, for things like this, the hobby or for mm. people interacting with your group. So if you think for every 100 people that might see one of your group posts, um, social media engagement rate is generally higher than a conversion purchase rate, which might be around 10%. But essentially what that means, look at us getting all geeky with our facts now. But for every 100 people you put that um, post in front of, 10 people might interact with it or be even slightly engaged with it, but only one person might follow your page. So to a certain extent, it is a numbers game. You know, if you get out there and you um, you make a sponsored ad or you, um, I don't know, you message 100 people, you like 100 people's profiles, whatever that might be, volume marketing essentially will drive volume back, you know, in essence. And, and whether that's soliciting or pissing people off, it will work. Think like leaflet and flyer in. That's why people pay for advertisement. You know, Google ads, Facebook ads now in the commercial world are the most profitable organizations on earth because it's 100% markup. There is absolutely no real cost involved in it in reality, but mm. it's it's getting out there to people. So, you know, I think that is that is something to consider. I mean, I think maybe it's the message as well. You know, when we put this out tonight or tomorrow on social media, certainly on the Facebook platform, how I mm. tag it up or market to people to listen to. It's not about kind of, oh, we want like and subscribes. We're actually trying to tell you about what to do. This is actually yeah. going to be informative. Well, you, you just hit on something, Andy, which which is really important in that you've got different elements to marketing, right? You've got organic you know, mm-hmm. following marketing engagement and you've got technically paid, but if we take the paid element out of it and almost enforced, you know, yeah. by nature of, putting your group in front of a thousand people you're enforcing people to do it but to do it with an organic strategy would be to have interesting content would be to be sharing historical information it might be providing uniform guidance it would essentially be bringing information uh bring it or giving people out there a reason to visit your page other than look at my group for example there you know, really, really good example that we, we can use from our own podcast is, is is when we have our educational podcasts, such as the the British Parachutist episode, or um, you know those those kinds of episodes which are very informative. 
we generally get a new audience from that. And that's because you're, you're organically drawing people in that have an interest in your podcast who wouldn't regularly. And that's the same with your reenactment group. You know, if you're a Brit reenactment group that does the home guard, then post something really useful for other home guard groups, you know, and that's the sort of mindset, you know, post some information about uniforms, post a video, post an image about how to hold a rifle, how to blank all your webbing, you know, those things are all really good organic marketing techniques to draw people into your page. Well, after we did the Zoom meeting two weeks ago. Which was really fun. And we're going to be doing another one this week. Just yes. to plug that out there. Maybe I should do it with the microphone. It's more effective. There we go. <laughs> if I didn't smile, that'd go off. <laughs> <laughs> Not touching my mic. Anyway, sorry for rudely interrupting. The, when we did the Zoom call. But there was a, a, a lad at the end of it asked, Andy, can you just stay on? Stay on. So at the end of it, we had a chat. It was only, um, it was one of, the, I think it Eddie. I think it was Ed. And he asked was a, it young, Ed, young Eddie? Young, young Eddie, I think it was. Right. He asked a, a really nice, beautiful question, which was sent me right back. What, I think it was um, the Doughboy. How does it work? How, what, what are these flaps? What do you do? And mm. it made me go, do you know what? There's only actually one diagram I've ever seen, either in one of the um, booklets, the soldiers' booklets, mm-hmm. or the um, hard scrabble farm. There was a diagram on there many years back. And it was literally, you know, you've got your bedroll. And I, I explained this to this kid, and I, I said, this young man, sorry. Um, and yeah, it, it dawned on me, I thought, that's what we need to do. We need to do an episode on a how to mm-hmm. hold a rifle, how to actually blanco, how to actually do your webinar, you video it, and video. Oh my god, there you go, YouTube. And you know what, marketing, that, organic marketing. marketing. <laughs> that's it. But you, that's what you're saying. You're saying get your home guard groups to promote something about home guard and mm-hmm. work with their strengths. And I guess it's that's a, what yeah, we should yeah. be doing. Exactly. It's essentially creating content that people will find interesting and as a byproduct of that, they might like your page or, be, or look at other stuff while, whilst they're there. Mm. You know, that's that's what it's about. It's Like we said, you can you can do it two ways. You can, you can stick your group in people's faces, but you won't get um, a high level of engagement that way. You'll, you'll receive much more high level of engagement by creating organic yeah. content for people and giving them a reason to, to visit. I mean, I'll give you a, a great example. I mean, we touched on social media and whatnot there. You know, we, we started doing we started our own profile to put our photography on so i sort of started shooting fashion type i would call it you know content for in Mm -hmm. 2015 for the group um and it's become you know fairly popular the wild footage stories um is, is one of my favorite photographers out there doing some stuff there's some really great photographers out there which you know it you know i'm really pleasing to see that there's a lot of people out there doing it um but you know we started doing this a long time ago there and 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 where that then led to was well i remember having a conversation at yorkshire Wartown weekend actually in in 2016 and i said to the guys um i can't remember the exact number but i said in a year's time we're going to have you know five or ten thousand followers or something on this instagram and everyone thought i was nuts they were like no we started a profile and i rarely post that profile anymore i really should given the fact that we're talking about marketing right now (laughs) um but we've got about 6,000 followers on that page and mm. we got that following essentially just by posting great content. And when people interacted with us, we interacted back. If they liked our page, we liked theirs back. If they followed us, we followed them back. And it just created this real great community. And we got to 6,000 followers in, in probably like a year or two, you know, which is really good. And that was organic marketing. It's creating good content, ha- using hashtags. People were liking them. And that's another thing, hashtags, you know, make sure you're hashtagging content on there because I don't know about you, but I follow World War Two reenactment, World War Two reenacting, various um, hashtags. Yeah, yeah. That just appear in my newsfeed, and you'll find new people that you don't necessarily follow. So hashtags is really important on Instagram. Certainly, as well to be doing that. But anyway, where I was getting to with that is that we started with that photography. We built up the Instagram, and we thought, well, how else can we drive new followers to our page that might not have heard of us? And the next step logically was to create a video. Now, I'm, I'm not a videographer, but you know worked on it anyway and we, we created a couple of different videos which have i think got about twenty thousand followers uh, twenty thousand views sorry between them on on youtube and that drove traffic to our instagram pages our facebook pages it drove people that weren't in the hobby to join our group um you know and it was it was another angle so again it, it, it's it's all about 
spreading the load a little bit, you know, and, and hedging your bets. So, you know, having the Instagram, having the Facebook, having a YouTube, a Pinterest account. I mean, we haven't got one, but I'm going to go make one after I've just said that. You know, let's have a Pinterest account. Let's let's do all of these things and put your name out there in as many organic creative areas as possible. That's a good idea. I think um, when I look back, talking about the photography content. Pinterest, make a note, Pinterest account. I've been making <laughs> notes as well. Um, going back to kind of photography, I was taking a lot of pictures back in the early days because I've got a good eye and everything else around it. But it's what you do next. And with your filters and the way you were working your photography. Don't call it a filter. Sorry. Blasphemous. I won't call it a you filter. Bastard. I've never it's fucking <laughs> Instagram filters. You're everything that's wrong with the digital age these days, Andy. Back in my day in the dark room. Okay, we're going to go back. We're going to go. Cheeky bastard, yeah. Okay, settings. Is that Pre- the right? Presets. I'm not even going to use presets because I generate my own presets. But anyway, I'm not going to give everybody the secrets to the, the Don't you worry. There's, but, a, there's a guy anyway. I'll share in a moment um, with you after this amazing photography but i know how he, he works it because I've, I've obviously seen you do it and it's yeah but that's how we do what we do and when i look at what i was doing and what everyone else was doing and then of course you started to make us look like supermodels and you know with the videos that you started to create ah, you know the one i've used that so often it's a good picture do you remember when we did that at an event once and we uh, we we photoshopped all the guys into Hollywood versions and made everybody look like Brad Pitt or <laughs> someone like that? Stunning. Because you, you, uh, you still got a picture, I think, as one of your default is. pictures of your WhatsApp or something. I think it's on my um, WhatsApp, yeah. Hold on, let me get it up just for all the listeners. It comes that up. Watching the... When they get like plasterers and plumbers around and they actually end up messaging me back saying, is that you in the picture? <laughs> there we go for all the listeners. This was, this was a Hollywood picture from 2015 of... Uh, if Andy there certainly doesn't look much like him, does it? <laughs> it does. There's nothing changed. All you've done is taken away a bit of jowl. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we'll, uh, f- photography in itself as well will we'll be a separate episode because we'd like to share some of the images and talk about how we've created them uh, as well. But but anyway. Well, let's talk about the idea of a brand because people mm. don't realise it. But everyone who's listening to this has probably got a Facebook page, possibly got an Instagram account. Therefore, they are a brand if they like it or not, because every time you put up a bit of content about yourself, you're telling somebody out there about you and your personality. So without realizing it, you've all got a brand, an identity. You might not have a monogram or a logo or, you know, a logo type, two different things. I won't go into that audience. Um, But the point is, we're a brand. I remember when I first joined Normandy 44, young man called Kieran uh, said to me, oh, I used to be Normandy 44. I said, oh, are they a good group? Are they a good group? He went, rowdy, <laughs> rowdy. That's all I'm saying. And I got to learn over those few months in the first months of the season. I got what he was talking about and people's opinion. It's not that they were scared. I won't use that word. They weren't scared, but they were cautious because were, mm-hmm. we were we were and are a formidable force people are not how not oh god i word this right that they don't know how to take it because it's oh, dare i say a gang group mentality it's yeah. a group of well, lads well it is it, with a collective know, mindset a collective outset and, and i think people got uh, took that for something else especially when you're in a beer tent no i get it you know and actually i think i think what another fantastic point you're on fire today andy oh so smoking <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm throwing like hooks is that what i'm doing somebody call him the kettle because he's steaming over here but anyway um <laughs> i'm just i'm just regretting what i've just said Go on, yeah. Go on. what i'm what i'm sort of getting at you've made a really good point again is that marketing isn't just about digital facebook pinterest youtube shite it's about real life as well so you mentioned there, you know, building that brand and we're going all over the place here, but let's just enjoy the conversation anyway. It's fine. Um, we're meandering through the through the episode in the various fog. areas. We are. But anyway, it's it's about your real life actions too. And as you mentioned there, especially back in the day, but what you project digitally versus what you project in real life are two separate things. And it's important that groups can, can join those things together. And I'm not afraid to say that on the outside looking in, our group was toxic 10 years ago. We were leery. We had beer tents. You know, we would cut people's hair. You know, 
it was th- that's what it was like. You know, we had tanks, we were brutish, and things have changed, right? And got older. I'm I'm going to put my hand up there, and you know whether our group members agree with that or not. I'm glad things have changed because we've talked before. There was previously some toxic elements to our group, and I think it's really important, especially these days. We had that conversation about beginners in which you and I got a little bit emotional afterwards about because we thought it was so important. Yeah. I'm really glad that's changed. And I think it's important that groups understand their marketing impression from a physical perspective mm. and understand how they portray certain marketing impression or identity in real life as well as digitally. Yeah. I mean, people don't realize the strength of their own personal brand and how they portray themselves. I actually got a friend request on uh, Instagram or follow. And when I checked out the guy's site, I won't mention his name or anything. I actually went to the settings and I was able to get his account to unfollow me because there's yeah, yeah, no yeah. way I was going to get this guy on my account. There's no way I wanted this kind of fella. He was a reenactor from a different perspective. Wow. Talk about dark, but he was only a young kid. And I thought, does he not realize what he actually looks like? from an outside looking in this guy's nasty you know mm. and he had a good a good decent following more than i have or even you to be fair mm-hmm. but that was what was scary so it's how you want to portray yourself and we can do that with obviously photography and also what yeah. we do and not write well Don't. just just on your point there Come again and, and and sorry to bounce all over the place no but just, yeah, just it's me you know, striking while the iron's hot again just on, just on that, you know, you, you just mentioned a particular person um, and just what you thought of looking on their social media, right? Now, I think another angle again, and, and we're, just, we're just throwing stuff at a wall here and hoping it sticks, but hopefully we're giving some, you know, food for thought for, for reenactors and their groups out there. But something I'm always very conscious of as well is we've just mentioned that we've subconsciously, I think, worked hard to change our group's mentality to one of you know, brutish, loud, you know, all that sort of stuff. I mean, not albeit with a sense of quality behind it and underpinning it, but I think we've worked to change that into more of a group which is concerned with our own family's history and values and education, and 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 hopefully the podcast is reaffirming that. And I think that's also brought about a level of consciousness of our group appeal from an individual perspective as well. And now I think what groups have to be aware of is that, as you've mentioned, a group has its own brand, it has its own reputation, it has its own name. And that's both with the general public across the digital scene. We've mentioned that it's now your group is far, far reaching. Your group doesn't just, you know, 20 years ago, your group only really influenced people at events or on niche forums, as you mentioned. Whereas now your group has a worldwide reach across the whole world, different continents, through Instagram, through Facebook, through, you know, various different means, YouTube, Pinterest, the podcast, we've talked about it all, right? Now, the other thing is that generally speaking, you will it's quite it's quite easy and clear to see individual members of groups online as you just mentioned the power of social media you could you know we often tag group members in there just for their own promotion or just to, just to keep people interested they'll click on that profile and think oh I'll have a look at this guy let's see his profile there now i think it's really important or not important depending on your outlook but personally i think it is for groups to have a level of conscious awareness of their own group's personalities and the things that they post and the opinions that they portray. Now, I'm not saying that we should get to a point where we should silence people, but I think what is worth noting is that everyone is entitled to an opinion. That is absolutely fine. But what is important is if you value your brand's reputation, and by that I mean your group's reputation, and I mean that both commercially and within the commun- community, because don't get me wrong, we've talked about doing extra work on films, we've talked about being hired for documentaries, we've been talked about you know, selling things, merchandise, which we'll come on to in a bit. All of that is part of your brand identity. What you've got to be very, very careful of is one of your group members can post their opinion, which they're absolutely entitled to, but the impact that might have on your group's identity, it is it could be absolutely humongous. Unfortunately, we, we are in a hobby which is... Um, you know, quite resilient, I would say, to opinion, um, and is still quite, you know, it's almost an island. It's it isolated the hobby to a certain extent from the outside world. But the way things are going, let's be honest, it's opinions are, are becoming very fragile things in certain places. So I guess what I'm getting at without waffling on for any longer, 
just be conscious of any potential extreme views that you might have within your group because personally speaking i would have no qualms with kicking somebody out of a group if they were too extreme because i understand the impact that it can have on your group as a commercial or just a you know a, a, an enhanced reputation within within the hobby no uh, you're spot on with that one i know with my own personal career path i've got to watch what i put on social media um, that's just a given, you know, you, you wouldn't put certain things on. And I've always been quite cautious, even to be fair about the reenactment circles. I put, putting that on my Facebook cause I wasn't too sure how my industry would take it. I'm now comfortable with that. Yeah. But when I first started out, I wasn't as comfortable as I am. That's because there was a few extreme comments out there and what people thought about what reenactment was certainly with, um, the access elements, you know, and I've met uh, guys who reenact German stuff and they tell me in public they don't say hi by holding up the right hand you know when you see a mate mm. they don't go hi like this I said why he went just takes one punter mm-hmm. to take a photograph of you with your hand up while you're wearing the and that is that is it and it's like I never thought of that he said mm-hmm. yep and, and, and there's, there's enough slandering out there already, right? There is mm. enough slandering of what we do as a hobby without giving people the evidence and the reason to do that. Totally. We've all done it. I've been slandered with it. You have been. We've all been slandered yeah, wrongly yeah. For, for doing World War II reenacting. You know, I've been called a nationalist and all sorts of shite for for, for wearing a, a British uniform. You know, it's, it's, it's disgraceful. But that, that's the reality of it. And we've got to be aware of that. And if you are so single, naive, ignorant to to not accept that and think that you're invincible fine but all i'm i'm here to tell you right now that if you're that pig-headed and narrow-minded you don't care about your group enough if you are not narrow-minded enough to either disconnect yourself entirely from that group if you want to share really strong opinion Mm. in terms of anything that might be slightly controversial in a commercial sense then you don't care about your group enough and i'm and i'm putting out there we're we're here to do it give unfiltered opinion right yeah that's That's what i'm putting out there now you don't care about your group your friends or the hobby enough because you're putting it at risk if that's what you're going to do essentially so either disconnect your profile entirely from the group or just don't post it simple as that Uh, on my own social media my facebook page i've stopped posting up things i mean I, I we're all political we all live in a political society we've all got opinions i know mine are different to maybe yours and other guys which is, that which i know is fine as well it's right? fine because we're all still mates but during the last year and the year before that the whole brexit thing you know going back to kind of what people were posting up you know and their opinions it was it, it could have caused civil unrest within friend the, the hobby is just not the place for it is it no we, we've talked about before the hobby is an escape for people mm. you know it, it's just not the place to bring that shit in you know let's leave it out of there man let's just well, fucking talk about history and war stuff you know i've said in the past the problem with facebook is i when i went to ways of to these events i never knew half the guy's surnames and i've known them for like three four years mm-hmm. yeah, i didn't yeah, even yeah. know what they did in the job but unfortunately, Facebook's give us that accessibility to see people's lives day in, day out, their wives, their kids, their family, their, everything else. And you're thinking, mm-hmm. I never knew any of this. And do I want to know any of it? Um, yeah. <laughs> I just want to go away and see my mates and have a good old beer and completely, not know completely. who they support so, in a political stance. But that's absolutely. another thing. So, so let's kick it back. Let's go back. So yeah, <laughs> in summary, just to round off that point, in summary, yeah. just be aware of your in-person and your, um, your, your, your group members' own personal influence on, on the group's reputation as well. Um, so we've gone through social media, Instagram, Facebook. We talked about hashtags. We talked about good organic strong content on there mm-hmm. um what else i mean websites i mean we ours is actually down at the moment um do we need one i mean we had one up for a while i quite enjoyed it i mean um it's an extra cost i mean let, let, let's put it out there i mean it's an extra cost on group subs and depending on your attitude i mean i i think from a marketing background i think it's in, invaluable to have i think it drives traffic to to the group but it depends on your outlook if you're trying to recruit members great if you're not doesn't really matter but Website's a good thing. It just depends on what you put on there as well. I always just see it as a bit of search engine optimization. It brings people in, they search you on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. But it's more admin again. 
you know, I extremely busy as anyway, and I had to keep it up to date with events and reply to the messages and, you know, and you're getting emails every week. So I guess in that sense, if you have to recruit, it's a great way to bring people in because people were Googling World War II reenactment UK and we were popping up and they were, uh, well, actually what's quite interesting is nine times out of 10 people were actually going to the website through YouTube, <laughs> which was, uh, okay. Even more interesting. So websites are another good one. Um, several platforms out there squarespace things like that lots of those easy website builders out there you can create a a fantastic website for 10 pounds a month and cancel sort of any time you know so they're all super easy you don't need to be a website designer out there i'm not in commission from squarespace but um, (laughs) if anybody wants to give us a discount to get our website back up then by all means so websites are another one um we talked about videos we created i mean for anyone out there um search normally 44 you reenactment social Normandy 44 Reenactment Association on YouTube, you'll um, you'll find those. Um, have a look at our Instagram, uh, Normandy underscore 44, um, which is where you'll see some of this content, how we project it. One thing that just popped into my head, Andy, as well as that, we we just which which probably leads quite nicely into another topic, a logo. We mm. cre- we, we never had a logo right until 2019. I'll Sorry, I'll just change that for you. We had something that. Tam had made it was a an eagle's head and it wasn't really promoted on anything except a piece of wood yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't really gate. a logo though was it it was just sort of like a one-off bit of art and it, it wasn't it wasn't a, a commercial decision to create a logo with the idea of marketing and, and awareness of a group that was it no just said normally 44 and it had a, a flag and a eagle bald eagle so mm-hmm. it's what it is but mm-hmm. you, you're right go on so 2019 something happened yeah, I mean, well, that was our 20th anniversary, right, mm. of the group. Um, I know 20 years, right, long fucking time. So hats off to Dale there for, for running a group for 21 years. Cheers, I don't know how he's managed it. Um, Still got his hair. So so anyway, it was it was um, the 20th anniversary. It was the 75th anniversary of D-Day. We were going to Normandy, and we decided to get some new group, um, you know, not uniform, but sort of merch. merch. So some hoodies, some T-shirts, some caps, Um which we could all wear because we were going down in trucks. So the idea being that we could we could yeah. all put our hoodies on and it's like a bit of a club outing. And it just looks great. You know, we turn up to Stoneley in these hoodies and T-shirts. And anywhere to do this, we wanted to create something. So we decided to create a new logo. And, and that idea for us was to separate us and to put us forward again and to say, we are aware of our commercial appeal. You know, as you mentioned, a business, this, this sort of identity. Um and we went through a you know creative process of looking at what impressions we had and you know trying to value the feedback of the non-creative folk in our group and for any creative beings out there you will understand the uh, the elements of frustration and obstacles that are in that path um, yeah for people there but that, you know that was a long-winded process wasn't it and we created this really professional logo which which lives on our Instagram and our website or Facebook and it's there it serves as a badge of honor you know but it's also the awareness people see that logo and they immediately recognize the group mcdonald's you drive down you see the golden arches you know what it is and it's about that with those it was creating a a silhouette a logo which was simple enough that people could spot whether you're at the hobby you're at a service station it's online you spot it and you say normally 44 that's the group you know and that's what it was about so get out there make a logo and it was made up of um several elements of interest and direction i could probably um Get the logo. I'll I will post it after anyway. My phone's well, on flight mode, it, but we'll... it had to start with the diamond, the Rangers diamond that normally forty four portrayed from the start, from ninety nine, and then as it's progressed, we've got Pegasus, we've got RAF in there as well, and tastefully it was put together with, yeah, uh, an intelligent thought pattern. Let's put you know it was. It's well, just- it was, you know, I, I think there's a few things that people can do when they, when they come up with a, um, a logo. I think, I think a lot of people will initially think, well, what's, you know, what can I create? That's just really cool or, you know, is exciting or Hollywood. And I think approaching it, everything in this marketing sense, I mean, we always have conversations, right? Where we will, we, we will talk about our creative decisions as though they are brand a big commercial brand think big act big and that's and that's what we do and i think that's what we did with with this logo out there is to not think just that looks cool but what what would a a, a huge multi-million pound company create just for anybody who's listening anybody who's watching that's the logo there just on the uh on the youtube if you're watching so you can see we had the rangers diamond which is the 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 
diamond shape. That's right. Yeah, lozenge. Yeah. Um, we had the the, the Pegasus um, symbol put in there to represent our Glider-borne troops who, of course, wore the Airborne logo. And then we've got the wings of the RF because we portray the RF as well. And then we had the name above that. Um, and that was, you know, that was a, a good, simple way. We, I think it took a while to get there cause we were overcomplicating it, but I think the idea of approaching it in a commercial sense was, was definitely the right thing to do, um, as well. But that, you know, that, that merchandise thing led on to other conversations. We created that one lot of merchandise, right. And recently we, you know, that this week we've been, we've, sorry, this week, even I can't speak after one Guinness, um, we were inspired to create some more and we decided to expand that range and to produce I think, a dozen designs. I think we've produced mm. in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've got my sort of four to, four to six of those um, out there. And, and, and for, the, for the first time selling these to the public as well, making them aware. So there'll be people out there wearing our t-shirts, promoting our brand organically that aren't members of the group. But that's the, the generation that is below us right now. These kids coming through. Okay, these teenagers, they're growing up with not only playing, I'm going to say, okay, video games, etc. But a lot of these YouTubers and people they watch have merch channels. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, Unspeakable is what my kid was into a few years back. And it's like, you know, I went all out and spent 50 quid on a bit of merch. It was a t-shirt and a baseball cap. Mm -hmm. You know, and you do this and you, so the merch is a massive aspect. Our smallest part of merch was a badge we used to give to the kids who used to come and see us on camp and do the obstacle course and get a certificate and a, a little pin badge with normally 44 on it take away and goes into a treasure box and in 10 years time they find this thing go oh remember them well, what is that? yeah 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 you yeah. know the website's on there you know well that's what it's about yeah and i think the, the, the key thing for us this time around and i'll you know I'll, I'll share a couple of the um the designs there is is the trick to it again is thinking about it as though we are a fashion brand, right? And we didn't create designs that um, were stuffy and just suited one person. And I'm just just holding them on the screen for anybody who is watching on YouTube as well. So we created a few really commercial patterns and designs which are wearable in everyday life, something that you might see in a high street store. Um, and, and that was really important to us because, again, organically, people will be more interested in these things if they look like real-life, high-quality elements and not just a, a shit Comic Sans font on a T-shirt, you know? Um, and, again, it's that's another example of organic marketing and another example of just being innovative, you know? Um, I think a lot of groups will create things, but you know, have many groups gone out there to create... 12 designs and to sell them externally and to generate interest that way you know and again i'm, I'm not just saying that as as, as as us blowing our own trumpet but it's just another area of exploration you know we if, if 10 people buy a t-shirt i mean by the way if you want to buy a t-shirt get in touch we'll sell you one um very reasonable eight to ten pounds um but anyway the idea being that we're just we're just trying things and that's what marketing is about it's about getting out there and trying things and looking at the return on it and just generating interest and talking points other than just you know, we are a group. Come and join us. Well, I've uh, that little speech. I've got these little things going off now. Little just molecules, boom, 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 bashing around in my head. I'm going to speak to you at the end of this over something else. Mm. <laughs> it's very good, so, actually. You're just teasing the listeners now, I aren't am, you? I am. Oh, is, it, is this another innovation? Innovation thing apart from our Pinterest. It is. That's the next thing. We'll get Pinterest up tonight. It's so good. Um, and then, and then we'll get our OnlyFans uh, kind of set up as well. <laughs> What's OnlyFans? Like I've never heard of that in my life. <laughs> Um, I think the idea of a t-shirt or whatnot, it's like uniform, school uniform almost. Yeah. It is, but yeah when yeah. we turn up on camp, we've all got our badges and our it's t-shirts. Awesome. It's awesome stuff. But it takes me back to when I went to Finland a few years back and I turned up, you know, those who know me know I don't actually own a lot of modern day gear, I guess. It's all, this is actually quite classy for me. It's a jumper, you know. I think I always like kind of tweedy and ties and shirts and the rest of it. And I turned up to stuffy, stuffy. Thank you. And I turned up to, <laughs> I, I, I market myself on Indiana Jones. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's what I am. I'm a, a carry grants. That's the guy. So I turn up to this event in bloody Finland and I rock up and even I, I did a comment and it was like, yeah, ah, there's that guy, Andy. He was over in Finland, turned up in a fucking tweed suit <laughs> in the snow. <laughs> you know, about midnight, I get out this bloody car and I've got a three-piece tweed 
on and uh, I'm thinking yeah and I turn up and everyone's in big fluffy slippers and kind of Norwegian looking mm. gear and it's like and these come dressed for it you know 1930s climber Norway ridiculous so no I'm you know, looking forward to buying some of this merch it'll be it'll be cool um, and, and again it's it's not just as, as blowing our trumpet it's it's just we're trying to give people ideas here for getting out there and, mm. and doing your own thing and growing it because we mentioned before we're here to help the entire community and to grow the entire community. And if that means every group going out there and selling merch and making YouTube videos and Pinterest accounts or whatever it might be, if that, you know, creates more of a harmonious atmosphere in the, in the hobby, then great. We've talked about breaking down barriers. I, I would buy another group's reenactment t-shirt. That wouldn't bother me. I would wear it. Yeah. You know, um, I think it's cool to do that. So let's break down those barriers again. And, and something else we haven't really touched on as well is like signage at shows. Okay. Um, That's a good another, idea. We, another thing that we created for, for, shows as well was we've got some pop-up banners now made with with the photography on there you know so again that was another angle we haven't had a chance to use them because of covid but um we've got these pop-up banners that you'll find that we can uh with with some sort of storm lashing so we can lash them down time to vehicles or tents or whatnot um these roller banners and they've got the logo on um their social channels they've got the images on there as well so People walk past sometimes. I don't know how many times I walk past a great camp at a great show, die around and go, that looks cool as fuck, but I don't, I don't know who they are. Who are they? You know, um, QR codes. Nine, times out, of, yeah, nine times out of 10, I walk around an event and have no idea who anyone is, you know, in terms of groups. So to have that there again, just to say, boom, here we are. And as you mentioned, QR code, uh, you know, social channel, go find us, go like us. It's organic marketing again. Well, it is. Because I think, like you say, <laughs> There's a lot of people out there on social media, Instagram and Facebook. I'm friends with, and I'm pretty sure I don't know maybe 60% of them Mm -hmm. because they're just like-minded folk and we just join our community. But when I go away, I'd actually like to go and speak with that person if I actually were following them, you know. But I don't know that because I don't know who the bloody hell you are because you haven't got signage saying who you are. What's your brand, who you are, Yeah, you know. Um, and it, it's it's about connecting as well, isn't it? It's again, it's not just like a look at us thing. It's about mm. connecting. You know, th- there might be somebody there who likes what you do and wants to hire you for something, or to book you for another event, or just to get in touch and say, "Great job," you know. And it's about connecting people up as well in that yeah. way. But you got to watch again. Not they- no, I was going to say you got to watch out that you don't like a freak. Because a few years back, I did turn up to a show and saw someone I was following on Facebook and went, "Oh, I know that person." It was a Russian, and I went over and I went, "Oh yeah, oh I follow you on the phone." And it was kind of went cold. <laughs> it's like stalker, <laughs> freak. <laughs> oh god! Maybe we'll we'll do some lessons in, in elocution after this, Andy. Just on well, how to approach I am on people the in, a, in, in a non-stalkerish way, potentially. Yeah, scaring people, which should be stood there with my rifle. Hey, I've really enjoyed chatting so far. Not that we're ending it there. I've just just having a, no, a good old good. crack. I think the, the thing is, if I'm doing this chat to my people who are paying me through the week. I'd have all this chap in chapters, and each chapter would be probably five categories in each one. So you've got obviously social media, the platforms, and you've mentioned Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. Twitter is not really the kind of platform that we need to yep, see, yep. okay? Because that's it's not visual enough. And then you then branch off, and then you've got personal brand, and then identity. Then we've been touching upon content and what people should and shouldn't be putting online because mm-hmm. obviously it can be misconstrued and yep. misrepresenting of not only that individual, but also the bigger group, the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And then we've moved further up and now we're talking about kind of um, on-site marketing and branding, which leads us to, are we going to get one f- for us? Are we going to have to have a reenactors ramble banner and say, look, this is Andy and Richie over here. I think, I think we're going to have to, but I think that there's one, that. one final element that we've, that we've missed out on just, oh, just on. so far. And, and that's about responsibility, delegation and skill set. Okay? Oh yes. Perfect. And what of my, and I'm, I'm going to put my hand up out there and admit that I have been like a vicious yappy dog this week. Right. I've been very short with people. I've been very, uh, irritable should we say um and, and i'll be really open and, and and discuss this from from my point of view and, and what people out there might face in their own groups right we talked about this before in groups that you will generally have different categories of people within a group you will have those kind of people that literally are silent on social media and in your group's digital presence they'll turn up to an event 
go home and you never hear them or speak to them. They'll turn up with a kit and that's it. They'll do, won't do anything else, which is fine. It's sort of your silent passenger, like members of a group, which is fine. You'll have those who are, how can I put this? And I'm just speaking very objectively here and open. This isn't a criticism of anybody that we know in particular, but I think you then generally then have members of a group who are opinionated without too much valuable input, right? Mm-hmm. And everywhere, you know, depending on how your group is run, our group isn't run democratically as such. It's run by a, a top-down approach from listening to people and, and generally the leaders of the group saying, this is what we're going to do. And that's worked for 21 years, so so be it. Um, but you will, you, you will get people who are quite vocal who will then disappear at the point of, you know, we've had people, again, I'm going to say this, we've had people who've said, oh, let's go and create a church tower or fucking landing craft on a beach. And then when it, when it comes to actually putting the idea into production, they fuck off and you never see them again. You know, so you get this vocal kind of person who doesn't interact. Uh, I put any of the legwork in. Then you get what I, I guess what I call some of the doers, the people that maybe not, won't have the ideas, but will do the graft. They will do the work. They will fill sandbags. They will help build things behind the scenes. And we, we're fortunate to have quite a few of those members there um, who will just crack on with things. And then I think you've got, you know, some people that just float. But I think you generally have a couple of individuals in a group who drive them forward. Um, and I mean that they drive them forward in ideas in demonstrating leadership um just via those ig generation that i've mentioned in, in being consistent and i think that is the next thing that i need to mention here is that within marketing the key to it is being consistent and consistently going we create this podcast every single tuesday night with the idea of releasing it ready for wednesday morning it's about consistency and that's what people expect and that level of effort is what gets you somewhere in life and and that adopting that process in a reenactment group is how it works in the real world is very, very important. So I guess what I'm getting at is, is advice for any groups out there is that you can't delegate this to multiple members of the group. There might be one person who is your photographer. You might have to get somebody external in to do that. You might have one person who runs your social media. You might have um, one person that looks after your website. You will have to lean on the skill sets of the members that you've got in your group to do that. And we're quite fortunate that we've got a variety of skills I think in our group to to help us achieve those things there, but it's about looking in your group and and trying to to leverage the skill set of people within your group. So understand what their skills are, what they do in the day to day hobby. Because we we talked about it off air earlier, didn't we? And we sort of yeah. said sometimes a lot of people don't leverage their own personal skill sets within a group. No, I think you're right. Um, I know for many years I found it a struggle to actually open my mouth when I went to events to find out and determine what. A needs to be done and who does it and how to do it because so many people were doing things when you turned up this thing was there and you were mm-hmm. thinking who the frig made that that's amazing that's awesome you yeah, know yeah, yeah or this and that and what can i actually offer and you know i'm not a vocal person i'll be honest i'm quite mm-hmm. laid back and selfishly i like probably many other people went away to these events to actually wind down and relax and not take on another job. And that's really selfish. I know it is. And people will be going, oh, but the no, point is, will. the point is, as I've gone into the hobby and obviously rose through the ranks and stuff, you know, I'll put my hand in my pocket and try things out and say, and vocalize and be realistic about things. But for instance, you though, and your character, you're a doer and a, a maker so you thought on what day are we on now tuesday you thought on saturday tuesday. i'm going to do this on saturday boom 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 by sunday you got an opinion by monday it was out for sale you know what i mean so mm-hmm. in not even a week half a week you've managed to not only do a load of designs and then generate this this thought mm-hmm. um and yeah it's, some people can and some people can't but don't those people out there those maybe quiet and timid shy people or people just want to go away and have a relaxing weekend with a few beers and a few mates and talk the talk that's fine mm-hmm. you know yeah agree completely and it's about identifying that on a personal level but also your group identifying that who are those people that are going to be the innovators the drivers the the marketeers of your brand as you mentioned and relying on them but also i'm going to put this out there as well celebrating those people because i'm going to say again right now for for, for anybody that does that already was thinking about doing it, it is fucking hard work, you know? Yeah. As you just mentioned there, those those T-shirts on Sunday, they took, 
10, 10 hours of design. I've been on the phone and emailing various printers, backwards and forwards, preparing artwork, working out the prices, working out what that costs our group, speaking to the group members and finding out what they want. And, you know, and overall in a four day period, there's about 20 hours gone into that. Mm. That's like half working week, you know, in, in four days around a full-time job. Um, you know, and you're doing it at seven o'clock in the morning, you're doing it at 11 o'clock at night. And I think what people need to understand out there is if those people in your group, I will say, be thankful to them. Because people people out there just think, I, oh, you know, just posting something on Instagram, you know, it's not a big deal. Like a, a good example, I pay ten pound a month to keep all of our images archived in the Dropbox account. I don't ask people for that money; I just keep it there. I will post on the social channels. Other people will post on social channels every other day. It's it's the con- consistency that we mentioned about just keeping your mindset and you know and, and doing this there. And there's a lot of work that goes into all the photography events that we do, the YouTube videos. These things take days and days and days. And I'm not just saying it from a photography that I'm only saying that because I can relate to it. But people for us have created physical signage. They've printed, they've painted things, they've built things. As you mentioned there, the doers, the entrepreneurs. Yeah in your in your in your group celebrate them you know and and thank them because without those people i dare say your group wouldn't exist and i genuinely mean that from the bottom of my heart that there's been some outstanding people in our group over the years um and there's no point naming them by name because people probably won't you know know who they are but you will have a core people in your group who are moving that forward and i would say if you don't have them then try and find someone that does because it it will make all the difference for for you as well and if you're thinking about doing that yourself just you know be prepared for a hard ride but it is worth it i think i think so don't answer i think you're right just just analyzing mm. are you a do it are you in it to relax or or, or what that is and I, you know, there's, I, no, there's no there's no right or wrong there for years i i didn't know how to actually look at it because when i turned up there was things made up there was a there was a tent for me I, you know you'd Oh, by so and so beer, you know what I mean, and you mm. you automatically think that this club because when I first joined, I thought, where's the clubhouse? Where's the main base? Yeah, you, you know, you well, don't you think it's autonomous as well, though, mm. don't you? you, you things things just just get done, and just going back to a point you made, Andy, about yeah, you know, you you didn't know what to say or, or or what to say. What I would say to people is, you know, there's no fucking rules, right? Sorry, I'm just getting Larry here. No, there's, there's, no, there's there's no rules. You can do what what you want, you know, you can break boundaries, you can do new things, you can try new things. There are no rules. And we've never really had any issues with things that we've done. You know, we were one of the first groups to create a YouTube video, merchandise in the way that we've done it, you know, professional websites, professional photography, you know, all those sort of things out there. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of groups out there have done that. So I'm not just saying we're the only people. There's a huge amount of groups out there that have done some awesome stuff. The 82nd Airborne, I've got some great videos. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of really good content coming out there right now. But what I'm saying is that, you know, just because a group aren't doing something doesn't mean you can't do it. Like you raise your hand and say, I want to do this. You know, when I first started pulling people together to take pictures, everyone was like, oh, fucking hell, can't be bothered. <laughs> you know, we, we don't do this. We're number 44. We drink beer. We do this. But slowly but surely, that you know, that mentality changes. Yeah. And I think everybody has that potential to do that within, within their own group and to move it forward and to try new things. And, and, you know, hopefully we see some awesome some things that we can take inspiration from in the, uh, in the future as well. So anybody listen, please don't take that as us just, you know, talking down and teaching people how to suck eggs. It's, it's just about trying to provide some inspiration and get up and go for everybody. But you've already established what your background and your career path is. You're just expressing that. And me too. There's people mm-hmm. out there who are different non-creatives in life. Mm. They would think, what's Pinterest? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, probably. But but I think, but it's important, again, if, if run the group like a business, and I think this is why I get, you know, irritable, let's put it that way, right? I get irritable and I get, because I care so much because I treat the group as though it's a business. Not in a profit-minded sense, but in a dedicated, I, I put as much effort and time into the group as I put into full-time jobs. You know, I will point blank say that, and I don't think there are many out there that do that. You know, and I think I've lost my track of thought, even where I'm going with this. But the idea being, I think if you can run a group like a business in that sense, then I think you know, building a reputation up will will, will just come second nature from it, really. Yeah. Well, I can. I was just going to say I could finish that sentence for you, and uh, and that is, you have become more of a driver and more vocal in the past, I reckon, two three years. 
and well, I think it probably be, pisses people off. But <laughs> no, I think I think you've actually grown. The hobby has become you, if that makes sense. You know, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you've thrown yourself into this because it's a real deal thing for you, you know, and you've come to realize it's who you are and you're not ashamed of it. Yeah. And, and like myself, you know, I'll shout from the top of a turret. This is what I do guys. And this is, you know, you look at my Instagram accounts, you know, it's, it's a business account, but it's also a lots of pictures of world yeah. war two. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, I think just, just a final note, yeah. cause I was, I was, I was flown by from me as well is, I've just vocalized about how much time and effort I put in there. But mm-hmm. the other thing I, I recognized in that as well is that you will never get back what you put in, you know, it's it, to, to a certain degree, it's a thankless task. And, you know, I have many conversations with, with Dale, our group chairman and founder who, who's run the group for 21 years and, and, and Dale will echo my sentiments in that, you know, you might put in X amount, I guess, emotionally, but what you get back from that is, is never the same as what you put in. And that, that's just something that you have to accept. And I, I can speak openly um, and with grace as well that I can get defensive and you, cause you, you put your all into something and you know, if you get irritable and you get defensive and you, you know, you can feel friction sometimes, you know, when people don't appreciate things or they don't see the value or the effort. And, and I've had to learn as one of those members or those doers or those creatives that, you know, somebody else just might not give a shit as much as you and that's okay you know it's okay for someone not to give a shit um and as you mentioned there some people just like to come away uh, we always say it's a hobby at the end of the day right and maybe i take the hobby too far that's that, that's a really open personal thing for me to say i think sometimes treating it like a business to some people probably sounds alien to them um but i think for me it's important to note that i on a personal level need to accept that some people you know, in the hobby, just like you said, want to turn up, have a beer, put on some kit and go home again. And I think just echoing that out and telling people out there as well that to understand in your group, you will have some people out there who who just want to have a beer, go away for the weekend and that is it. And we also have to understand that that's fine. That's fine as well. That's true. There you go. So before e- you go, Zoom. Zoom. Zoom roulette. Zoom meetings, yes. <laughs> Zoom, not quite Zoom roulette, but Zooming anyway. So we, had, we had a great call two weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah, it was good. On, uh, on a Friday evening. So are we gonna do, are we, we going Friday again? Yeah, why not, eh? Friday's good Let's for Let's do it. Friday. Yeah. Friday's good. You don't have, you have two days to kick off the hangover then. <laughs> not drinking ever again, me. No. So we, I think we did it at, was it 8pm last time? A bit early, mm. do you think, or the same time? Uh, what are we thinking? What do you reckon? Uh, 7.30? 7.30, should we do 7.30? 7.30, yeah, we'll keep it on for that, I think, 7.30. Yeah, so we'll do 7.30 uh, GM time, mm-hmm. GMT, sorry. We'd, we'd love to, you know, uh, make this work for, for West Coast USA people and everything as well, but unfortunately we do have to go to bed sometimes <laughs> as well. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll do that at 7.30. So the way it worked last time, for anybody wondering, is essentially we, we post the Zoom details on our page about an hour before that we go live. Just join up. Um, we have a little bit of a, I think we had about 30, 40 people on there last time and we yeah, we did. sort of go around a little bit and everyone introduces themselves and we have a quick chat and we just ask questions and have a bit of a chat and everyone has an opportunity yeah. just to to speak up and have a, have a little bit of crack and um, and just to, to meet each other and get to know a few folks. And do you know what? It was it was great actually getting to know a few people that have just been on our, our friends or followers lists for quite a while and never actually spoken to as well. Well, I think uh, Dr. Jones here will be uh, hosting the meet again. Yes, you were a very good host. That I was very impressed last time, Andy. It's not bad. You get it through uh, work. <clears throat> well you know, done. I'm sat here. Well done, it looked right. like a teapot. <laughs> Sorry, it was short and still. <laughs> oh God. Well, on that bombshell. Do you know what, Andy? I we we've got some stuff off our chest there, and I think mm. this is almost like therapy. Sometimes, you know, these these podcasts are an opportunity to sort of, and I think what we realize is actually sometimes letting it out and spilling our thoughts out there are, are actually some of the more appreciated yeah. episodes. Cause I think people can relate to the frustration, their frustration. You know, look, you know what I'm looking forward to when we get back into the season and go around a camp and we're sitting there and then someone comes over and says, Oh, Richie and Andy. All right. And that's it. Then beers talk, oh, and, you know, wait. gang of people we've never met all because they've listened to us and we've spoken to them in our Zoom, just meeting and having a bloody good chat, having a natter. It's, it's good good crack as well. It's good crack as well. But have, right. you got any, have you got any reenacting plans for the rest of the week apart from Zoom and then Andy? I have. What are you going to do after this? I've been, I've been talking in depth with Mr. Zippy. 
I have. Ah. Um, he's helping me out with some information um, before I start spending hundreds of pounds on useless bits of kit. So he's been advising me on my RAF impression, my ordinary, uh, my Ermans outfit. That's the one. Outfit, mm. uniform. I don't call it an outfit. I know. You always call them outfits. Outfit. Well, some sort do of I? Theatre production. Do I? Yeah. I don't. Or like a fashion uniform. blogger or something like that. That's because you're doing too much fashion blogging in your fashion pages. <laughs> oh, you don't want to know half of it, to be fair. So, um, patches I've bought off Gary this week. Some badges. Insignia. Stop calling it He called patches. It, you, he, you always got patches. Patches. It, it's insignia. He called it badges on his website. Who did? Gary. That's all right. I'm calling it insignia. Okay. Badges. Get them on. Okay, so I've got them, and I'm just now... Oh, collarless shirt. That's coming in the post. Happy days. Oh, nice. What have you got? A blue collarless shirt. <laughs> what price glory one? Uh, sort of. Won't be mentioned, but they've been highly you, recommended. Gonna, have you got a Soldier Fortune one? Oh, I have, yeah. No. I was it? No. Advised. No. Who, who recommended that? No one. You've just bought that without any recommendation. No, I have. Anybody. I have. I, I really have, actually... It's in me shopping cart. I haven't paid for it yet. It's there. Well, well, if you're going to do it, you get what price glory on because of the best. Oh, the best ones out there for other airmen. Okay, you you might be buying a collar shirt at an officer's because there's a slight difference between the officers and the the ordinary airmen. So hang on a minute. One collar shirt was for the ordinary airmen, but the officers had a collared shirt. Is that right? I'd, you had collars on both. You know, they, they had. I've got. I mean, I wear collarless shirts all the time. You, had, you would have a you, the, the collarless shirt is just because you have detachable collars. Yeah. The idea being that you just replace the collar, obviously, when they that's get dirty, right. you know, that sort of stuff. So, but the, office, the idea being, so, but no, that's the one I've. I was going to choose. How could, how how can you put a tie on without a collar? No, I've just said it's a collarless shirt. As in, that's what it is. It's it's yeah. They were, they were both coll- they, were, they were both collarless. Were they officers and yeah yeah. yeah. I thought the officers had um, a non detachable. No. Detachable would generally be post-war or very late war. Ooh, okay. Best. Well, anyway, so, the one I've got in my basket, I haven't paid for it yet, is a detachable collar uh, with collars. If it's other, um, if it's OAs, then you, you, what price glory is good reproduction? Is okay. um, you'll you'll be you'll be very hard pressed to find an OAs um, collarless shirt because there's a slight pattern in it, um, which is slightly nuanced. But um, officers' ones you'll find um, kicking about quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would, I would go, I would go. Um, what price glory in that one? Okay, it's an over the head one as well. The, okay, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's yeah. one. Yeah. Whereas the officers would button all the way down. See, isn't it amazing? Get me on the American stuff and what I've learned over the years. Boom, anything to do with RAF, even our own infantry or whatever, it's like alien, alien. Well, you know, every day is a school day. It is. Every I'm learning and it's good. I'm, I'm, I don't yeah. mind being taught. Good. Good man. Right. Look, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right. Oh. Well, I will see you all on Friday for many a beer. Mm. Um, if you are yeah. hosting, Andy, you'll have to be uh, relatively well behaved so that you don't fall asleep. And, uh, no red wine. Again. I won't be on the red wine. No, I'll be no, on the beer. No red wine. Good man. Right, well, look out for the Zoom, um, which will be kicking off on Friday, um, British time at 7.30pm. I nearly said AM, then that'd be no good. So look out for it. Come and have a drink with us. Come and have a chat with us. And yeah, keep listening. And thank you very much for all of your time, folks. Catch you later. Take care.